Well, we are in week three of Advent and of our sermon series, Unwrapping the Gifts of Advent. While it would be so easy to rush all the way to Christmas morning with the celebration that it will bring, there's something special and grounding about having to wait, to be a little patient as we prepare for the coming of Christ. The time spent anticipating helps us savor what this season is all about and makes Christmas morning even more special. One way that we pace ourselves in this church is with the Advent wreath that the Ford family lit not long ago. Each week we light a new candle signifying one of the gifts that Christ has brought into the world in his birth. The first week was about hope, then we moved to peace, and today is all about joy. Coming off the heels of the Lessons and Carols service last week and the Ascension sing-along this week, I have been filled with joy and reminded of the power of music. Music is one of those unifying things. It's kind of like food. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, um, the style you like, you know, food brings people together. And whether we are lifting a collective voice of him up to God or we are singing among strangers at a concert, the shared experience of music seems to transcend time and space. You know, one of my favorite concerts that I've ever been to came about in a very convoluted way. Before Micah's college graduation, I wanted to surprise him with tickets to one of his favorite band's concerts. The band is called Green River Ordinance, and they're not a very big band, but I decided to look up and see if they were playing anywhere near Montgomery around the time he was graduating. And lo and behold, I found that they were playing at something called the Strange Farms Festival in a very small town in Georgia. So the tickets were a good price, and it wasn't too far of a drive, and it looked like there were activities. You could go canoeing, there was a meal, you could even camp out if you wanted to. And I thought, well, sure. So I put it on the swipey swipe on my credit card and said in my mind that I'm going to surprise him with this concert. He's going to be so excited. So as the day got closer and closer, I brought up to some friends who I knew liked concerts and liked festivals. Have you ever heard of Strange Farms Festival? And nobody had. And I thought, this is odd. Maybe it's a, a new thing. You know, maybe we're the first ones to go to this festival. Okay, so fast forward to the day of the concert. We wake up early that morning, and I tell him his big graduation surprise is a day exploring in Columbus, Georgia, which is a beautiful town. We did have a great time that morning. We walked around. We walked on the river walk. We ate lunch and explored. And then that afternoon, as it got closer to the beginning of this concert time, I told him that I'd like to go visit an aunt that lived close to there. So he got in the car, and we started driving. I told him it was about an hour from here, but since we're already so close, you know, I put in the address for the festival. And I felt good until we started losing cell reception. It was getting darker. And then we hit a dirt road on this GPS route. And I was like, oh no, we are being scammed right now. I started to realize no one's heard of this festival. Where even are we? When we hit the dirt road, Micah said out loud, he could feel my unease. He said, now which aunt is this again? Like, who, who are we going to see? 
About the time I'm thinking that this is the beginning of a horror movie, I decide to explain everything to him. I'm like, if we're going down, I need him to know that I had a plan here. So I told him the whole story. I wanted to surprise you with tickets to this concert. I found a festival, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we're being scammed right now. Like, I think it's happening. And about that time, down the dirt road, we saw a man smiling and waving. You know, cue the horror music. So... <laughs> We drive up and roll down the window. He looks nice enough, and he said, can I help you? And I said, well, we're here for the Strange Farms Fest. And he said, you're in the right place. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But we heard the band playing in the distance. We knew we were in the right place. So when he sensed our confusion, he said, are you members of the Strange family? And we said, well, no. He proceeded to explain that the Strange Farms Fest is a family reunion that they have each year that the Strange family puts on. Now, this family is so huge that they created a website, a public website, that anyone like me could get on, could see that there are activities, that there's a potluck, that you can even spend the night. So here I am, I have purchased tickets to this family reunion. That's where we are. But you know, they could not have been nicer about the whole confusion. They welcomed us in, and the whole night we were the couple who wasn't part of the family, but was welcomed in. And you know, we still to this day talk about this experience because it was so bizarre. <laughs> it felt like everything was orchestrated just for us. We went, I went from thinking we're going to this festival with lots of people, strangers, you know, to this band, to feeling like we're about to be in for a long car ride home, a disappointing one at that. But then we were filled with such delight and laughter and joy when this family welcomed us in. And we got to experience a super intimate concert under the stars with our whole strange family. <laughs> you know, part of being a Christian, of Christ follower in the world, is recognizing the many gifts that God has given us and realizing that we can find joy in even strange situations. Joy is possible everywhere and in all because God is everywhere and in all. In Advent, we are reminded that joy can come in unexpected times and places. And if we are attentive to it and willing to receive it, joy can even come from unlikely situations. The focus in our passage today is on two women, Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth is married to a priest. She is established, she is secure, and known to be righteous, living blamelessly according to all the commandments yet she cannot have children. Then on the other end of the spectrum, we find Mary, a young, engaged teenager from a small village who has found favor with God. They do come from two different ends of the spectrum as far as age, as far as status, and their expectation. Elizabeth, in her old age, shows up too late to have children. Mary, in her young age, shows up too soon to have children, Yet the same angel tells both families that they will conceive and bear a child. This news must have been shocking. Elizabeth, thinking that she was barren her whole adult life, thought that a baby was out of the question. 
And Mary, a young, insignificant, unknown girl from Nazareth, never could have seen this coming. But you know who did? God. God saw her, God knew her, and God called her to deliver a blessing to the whole world. When Mary received this news that not only would she conceive, but also her older relative Elizabeth, she goes with haste to see her. Now why did she go? For confirmation that the promise was true? To talk with the only other person who could understand what her experience was like? For the nurturing support of an older woman? Or maybe just to go to celebrate with one another? We don't know exactly why she went, but it was a long journey. From Nazareth to the Judean hill country would have been 80 to 100 miles that Mary went by herself, a pregnant, unmarried woman. But that's what she did, and she did it with joy. She could not help herself. And it seems that her joy was contagious, because when Mary greets Elizabeth, the child who would be John the Baptist leapt in her womb. Mary, perceiving all that is going on, proceeds to bless Mary three times. She says, Blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb, and blessed are you for believing that God will fulfill this promise. In the middle of the blessings, Elizabeth says something crucial, something that affirms everything the angel Gabriel told them. She says, why has the mother of my Lord come to visit me? Elizabeth knows in this moment, before Mary has told her, that she is carrying the Christ child. Imagine how thick, how profound the presence of God had to be between these two women. After receiving these blessings from her relative and receiving this affirmation, Mary burst into song in gratitude and in adoration for God's goodness. This song is called the Magnificat because of the very first verb she uses. It is magnify, which means to bless, to praise, to worship, or to adore. Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant, Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Mary's song of joy, it parallels another song of joy from much earlier in Scripture, from 1 Samuel chapter 2. Like Mary, Hannah experienced a miraculous pregnancy, and she cannot help but sing out in praise to God. Both Hannah and Mary praise God for overturning society's structures, by bringing down the proud and raising up the powerless. Their praise of God for their unexpected and unlikely circumstances stand in sharp contrast to the world around them. And yet, they sing because they know they have been blessed by God. The term blessed has taken on a new form in our culture over the last several years. A few years ago, hashtag blessed came on the scene as a popular way to talk about the comforts and privileges that we experience in this life. You might see someone post a picture of a beautiful vacation with hashtag blessed. 
Or maybe it's a delicious looking meal that someone has prepared and they're about to enjoy. And again, you might see that hashtag blessed. Using this term has become a way to celebrate the moments when everything is going well, at least in your corner of the world. But the blessedness that Mary celebrates stands in stark contrast to culture's way of understanding blessings. By the world's standards, she is not blessed. This would be more of a crisis than anything. We can imagine any other teenager saying, you've got to pick somebody else, or could we at least wait until I'm married, or just flat out, no, this is too big, I cannot take this on. On top of the physical toll this would take on her body, the judgment from those around her would have been immense. Think about what her parents must have thought, what Joseph must have thought. We see in scripture that Joseph was going to dismiss her quietly rather than putting her out on the street or publicly disgracing her. But all of this must have been swirling in her mind as the angel Gabriel tells her about this call. But Mary doesn't see this call as an inconvenience or as a burden. Mary sees this as a blessing. Mary is blessed because she realizes that amid brokenness, sin, darkness, and pain, that God has remembered God's people. The Savior, the Messiah, the long-awaited ancestor of David, will be born from her to bring the whole world Hope, peace, joy, and love. Mary perceives all of this from the encounter with the angel Gabriel and believes it to be true. From the moment he told her about this miraculous conception, she says, Here am I, a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary's song of praise continues the prophecy that Hannah began long ago. Mary's song affirms what Elizabeth knew to be true in her presence, that Mary was carrying the Christ child who has come to make all things new. Because of Mary's yes, we too can experience joy, the joy of the Lord. But as the late theologian Henry Nouwen said, joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and to continue choosing joy every day. It is a choice based on the knowledge that we belong to God and have found in God our refuge and our safety and know that nothing, not even death, can take God away from us. So how would you like to experience more joy in your life, in your relationships, in your family, in your job, well, in order to choose joy, I propose we take our cues from these two women. Number one, in order to choose joy, we need to stay grounded and focused on God. We live in a fast-paced world with loud and shiny things vying for our attention 24-7, especially this time of year. Holy moly, with all of the parties and the celebrations and the presents and the expectations, we can find ourselves so consumed by the season that we miss God in the midst of it. Mary was chosen to bear the Christ child not because she hosted the best parties 
or because she made appearances at all the events, but because of her simple, steadfast devotion to God. Staying focused on God will keep you connected to the source of all joy. Number two, if we want to choose joy, we need to submit ourselves to God's plan. We all like to make plans and to think we're in control of the future, but we are not and never will be. God who created the heavens and the earth has known you, yes, you, from before you were born. God has amazing plans for your life, plans that you could never imagine or dream up. The very same God loved humanity so much that he sent his only son so that we could spend eternity with them in heaven. This is a God that we can trust. So even on those days when we do not feel close to God or cannot imagine God bringing anything good out of our circumstances, we can look to Elizabeth and remember that God's plans are true and that God can bring joy from mourning. And number three, we need to practice gratitude if we want to choose joy. It is so easy to slip into complaining or to a negative mindset, especially if that is around you. But friends, we have so much to be grateful for. For another day waking up, for breath, for music, for loved ones, for this church community. And studies have shown that practicing gratitude has positive effects on virtually every area of your life. People who practice gratitude are happier, they are physically healthier, they sleep better, they are able to cope with conflict better. I mean, it's all good stuff. Both Elizabeth and Mary profess profound gratitude in this passage for each other, for God's mercy, and for the children they are to bear. They recognize that they are blessed because of all that God has given them. Their gratitude has filled them with great joy. And because it's Advent, I have a bonus one for you. I believe that we will experience more joy when we anticipate more joy. When we slow down, when we pay attention, open our eyes, we will see that there are reasons for joy all around us, even in unexpected and surprising places. So this Advent, may you be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Invite your spirit to rejoice in God our Savior. And like Mary and Elizabeth, let your joy be contagious to those you encounter. In the name of God, our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.